Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. We're all gods and goddesses in a sense. And if you don't own that, you're selling yourself short. So you have Mm -hmm. to walk, like you said, within your talent and be willing to share it. If you know you have it, you should share it. Three, two, one. My name is Esprit Devora, host of the Women in Tech show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create the Women in Tech show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. Hi, this is Joe Peterson. I'm the vice president of cloud and security with Clarify 360. I've been listening to the Women in Tech podcast for about a year, and I was drawn in by the energy and enthusiasm of the Women in Tech podcast. Esprit does a really great job in sharing stories of women in tech so that young female listeners can put themselves in the shoes of these women speaking. See, I strongly believe that if we don't show young women the way forward in tech by sharing our stories, then they won't know what's possible. The stories are what creates the value and inspiration. Great job, guys. To connect and collaborate with extraordinary women in tech around the world, remember to go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. The best business resource I have is my mentor's private Facebook group. I've never found a community that cares more about one another's success. It inspired me to create the same thing for podcasters. If you're a tech company or startup looking to grow your podcast audience, I created GetPodcastListeners.com, a private group specifically to discover how other podcasters have grown their audiences so we could do the same. Check out GetPodcastListeners.com. That's GetPodcastListeners.com. Hi, today's personal spot. I'm just driving back from being out and about in Los Angeles and I kept my distance from everyone still so cautious because of the known situation we have going on in our world. It's hard being out. It's hard, you know, interacting with people after not having interacted with people for a year and a half. I stayed in a corner, distanced from everybody, talked to very few people, felt safe that way. And uh, yeah, and even vaccinated or not, I think... You know, we just don't know what's happening. And that's such an uncomfortable place to be and live. And what's interesting about that uncomfortableness is that's also the life of entrepreneur, not knowing what what's next, not being able to have control when we want control over a situation and outcome so bad. We want to, we want to be able to predict the future and say that everything's going to be okay. And not having that sense of certainty is just, it's a, you know, it's depleting and, and it's scary and I get it. And I think it's not something we talk about a lot because we look around and we think everybody else has it figured out. At least sometimes I look around and I feel like everybody else has it figured out. I can't speak for you. And so 
So yeah, in case you're like me, looking around, feeling a loss of control, and thinking everyone else seems to have it figured it out and hauled together, you and I were in this we're in the, we're in the same boat. Anyway, enjoy the next episode. the Women in Tech podcast, celebrating women in tech around the world. So excited for our next guest, Angel, coming at us from Atlanta, Georgia. Welcome to the show, Angel. Thank you for having me, Esprit. Oh my gosh. Okay. So Angel is a queen. She is everything. Angel and I know each other and I was excited to have her on the podcast because she's a heart-driven leader, a community builder extraordinarily skilled in creating high quality podcast content, just full on. I don't know where this conversation is going to take us, but I know it's going to take us to someplace meaningful that's going to just really be something you're like, I'm glad I heard that. And so I feel pretty good. What would you say, Angel? Are you on the same page? I am definitely on the same page and I'm also going to hire you to introduce me from now on (laughs) forever. (laughs) Angel, to kick things off, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody a little bit about who you are and what you do? Absolutely. My name is Angel and I make scripted audio dramas that highlights voices of color and tell stories that resonate mostly in the African-American or Black community. So in particular, we have an audio drama out. It's about one couple's love journey that's imperfect. They're pretty toxic and they eventually overcome it. And then we have another that's retelling Bible scandals because the Bible is not perfect. It is definitely a real scandalous read. So we took those salacious and scandalous stories out and retold them in a modern setting and had some really great talent on that show. The other one, I'm actually one of the voices, so you can take that or leave it with, or, you know, judge it how you will. (laughs) But um, those are the types of products that we put out there. And we have several others that are in the works to be coming out later this year and by the summer of 2022. And then we have a little small community podcast that we're working on for the city that we live in. So that's really our focus and we enjoy doing it so much. I say we a lot because I couldn't do this without my husband, who is my partner. He does most of the audio stuff. I think of the great ideas and he definitely helps support with the execution. (laughs) It's amazing to have that support in any capacity. What inspired you to get into podcasting in the first place? When did you start your podcast and what inspired the concept of your show? Again, everyone, like I know Angel, she is the most wonderful human being. There's so much I could get into, but just know as you're listening to this conversation, you're listening to a truly heart-driven leader who will give up all their time, spirit, and energy to help elevate everyone around her. She's extraordinary. So when did you get started in podcasting? How do you talk after someone says something so (laughs) kind? (laughs) After that, just bless you. It's true though. You have been a blessing in my life as well. You guys, I'm trying to become her BFF. You know, I haven't put in the right work, but it's coming, right? I'm going to be in the place and I'm going to weasel right in there and we'll be inseparable. (laughs) We already are inseparable. (laughs) Truly, but to be honest, and to to do the show the service that it deserves, Uh I began podcasting in 2019. Towards the end, I wrote a book. It was a uh, novella called Release Me, and I wanted to promote it. And 
I was learning about podcasts at that time. It wasn't a medium that I was listening to very frequently. I had heard a couple, but I was like, great. This is becoming more popular. This is probably a great way to get exposure and then introduce my book to help with the sales. And I started a podcast at the time called Dirty Talk, where I asked men specifically, only men came on the platform and I asked them sex and relationship questions. The goal was for them to be authentically themselves and share their truth. And hopefully the women can get some insight that you normally don't get because people try to send out their representative when they're interested in you or they're afraid that they're going to lose your friendship. And I was hoping that there would be some deeper level of authenticity by doing it this way. I also went out and I surveyed people and I compiled that data and we discussed why you felt like guys answered this question in that way. The show did really well, but um, COVID came around Mm -hmm. the next following year when I was ready to embark on, I was doing it in seasons. I was doing 10 episodes, taking a three-week break and then another 10 episodes. So when it was time to do that, the third rotation, COVID was here and I was not going out anywhere or being in any of the spaces because where I was interviewing was barbershops, nightclubs and malls. And obviously none of those places were open any longer. And my husband and I, we were at home. And at this point, I'm a podcast addict. I can't help it. And I'm learning of the whole audio drama and scripted podcasts. And I heard a few and I was in love. I adored them but there was no more to listen to that I was interested in because I'm not into sci-fi or horror. So the slice of lifestyle, there was only like one season left of each of those episodes. And I was like, oh, I want to hear more. And there's a great woman. Her name is Toni Morrison. She said, if you don't hear or see what you want, then maybe you should be the one to create it. Mm. And that's what happened. I came to my husband. I was like, hey, There's these scripted audio dramas. I think that we can do it. Our relationship is unique for us to have so many trials and tribulations and for us to be together and actually be in a healthy place. We're not with each other out of necessity. We're not with each other out of fear. I think that maybe we can help some other people avoid the pitfalls and make it entertaining and exciting to listen to. Took him a small moment to get on board with sharing our personal lifestyle in that manner, but he did. And once we did, I think the authenticity of the show just helped it explode. And now we're in it for the long haul. Did you mean Toni Morrison as in the Toni Morrison? Yes, that's oh, Toni Morrison. Cool. Yes. I was like, just checking. Yes. <laughs> and you had an awesome explosion at the beginning. Um, it's a story I love to tell when we do our clubhouse rooms together. Can you share with everybody listening? Yes. And I also want to give Esprit credit for helping me feel more confident in sharing this information because the very first time that I was ever in a room and held space with Esprit, we were talking about something and some woman was feeling like she was having a difficult time and that she didn't have a lot of social media presence. And I felt compelled to share that it was possible without those things because of what I'd experienced. And that's the only reason I said it. And then at that moment is when I realized that it was something like really cool to have because this whole entire time was like, I gotta get more listens. I gotta move forward. And what this 
was is that we got 50,000 unique listeners within our first six months of having the show out without a prior social media presence, without a following. Still to this day, you guys are just barely hearing my name. And we were able to achieve that, which I'm really proud of once I learned that it was something to be proud of. And how did you do it? Especially in the podcasting world, discoverability is close to impossible. It's one of the problems we have in our industry. So how were you able to expose that your podcast existed to the 50,000 people? I think that definitely starting with the website was something that was very helpful for us. A lot of the podcast hosts, I particularly, I personally use Buzzsprout and they give you like their own kind of website where you can link out to other places, but there's really no SEO support right. in that. Search and, engine optimization. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yes. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. So we immediately had a website for the Mermaid and the Lion within the first three weeks where people could go get more information about us and about our brand and definitely listen into the show. So that was really great. So we had that embedded there. And once they were able to do an API, we were able to do that and pull our own analytics for the website. So I think that was number one, a more helpful thing, having that resource. Number two, we did promote really heavily on other podcasts that were in the same genre as ours. We connect it with those folks. Can you guys do a feed drop for us? Are you willing to allow us to have a 60 second ad on your show? Anyone who was willing that was in that space that we thought would resonate, we connected with them. Pinterest was really, really helpful. Also so unique. I never thought that Pinterest would be the way, but it was definitely a real helpful resource. And we were able to get a lot of women. And even to date, our audience base is 80% women for the show. And I think that Pinterest was a great helper in that avenue. And for everybody who would love to connect with you and find out more, where is it best to say hello and to connect? Probably on Instagram. Oh, no, not Instagram. She has like 15 Instagrams. I'm trying to get her to condense them all into one Instagram. Which Instagram, Angel? <laughs> well, if you want to be on an Instagram page where it's just me and you don't want my husband to see what you're saying, go to The Real Angel Sand on Instagram. <laughs> If you don't care if he sees what you're saying, then you can go to the mermaid and the lion underscore. So those are the two I'm going to try to condense it to Esprit. I'm really going to do that. So now I've just now discovered that this is why your husband knows so much about <laughs> your and my giggles because <laughs> he's been reading our messages. <laughs> he tries not to be a snoop. He actually doesn't open them. He's like, do you know that you have two unread messages from Esprit? I hope you're not going to leave them there for a long time. Time. Like, and I'm like, look at you caring about my friendships. That's important. I love that your husband's looking out. <laughs> I also noticed that you're wearing your podcast t-shirt, The Unforgiven. Oh, yeah. Do you have a lot of merch for your podcast and what inspired you to create merch? I too have merch and, and maybe we could get into that. I call it architecting the world of your podcast. And I don't see it very often, funny enough. So walk us through the story of creating t-shirts for your show. I have t-shirts and hats for every brand that we have. And actually it started way back with Dirty Talk. I wanted a way to support and say 
thank you to every person or every gentleman who decided to grace the platform. So since it was dirty talk and we had a thing about like getting them a little tipsy so they'd be more loose-lipped. So I used to give out shot glasses that had the dirty talk logo on them. And then we had chapstick like, oh, you know, we're talking and the logo was lips. So after that, and I feel like that part of the branding, when I was out trying to promote and get people to listen to the show, I was giving them all like little chapsticks in the, not Ziploc bags, but those little, gosh, they're kind of like mesh bags. You get them at Dollar Tree or I'm bougie, Dollar Tra, someone said. (laughs) (laughs) Dollar Tra. Oh, to like Target. Right. From high school, Target. (laughs) I don't want anyone to know that I'm cheap out here with it. So we were giving that out. And after that, it just, and I was wearing the Dirty Talk shirts because I was quote unquote, a street team. So myself and my girlfriends, they were always out with me and I wanted people to understand why I was approaching them. I don't have a crush on you. I'm really just trying to get information for my platform. So it started with that and it kind of carried over the understanding that branding matters. I hardly go out to the grocery store anywhere without representing one of the brands for the podcast. So I have masks that have the mermaid and the lion on it. Obviously the mermaid and the lion t-shirts, it used to be crop tops, but since quarantine, you know, no one wants to see this midriff anymore. So (laughs) it's full size t-shirts. And we also use them to promote the show. So whenever we do, gosh, review giveaways Mm -hmm. and raffles, we offer merch. This is all before we had it for sale. And now that's, you can go to the website and buy merch from any of the brands that you would like, but we didn't do that previously. So it was kind of cool and special if you were one of the people who was able to get access to the brand in in merch fashion. Yeah. And I too, I have t-shirts, stickers, coasters, all sorts of stuff. One of the first pieces of merch that I created was like movie posters of my podcast cover art. I threw a launch party for my podcast and had the movie posters of the episodes up on, on the walls, which was really cool. But on the low end, like you were talking about making things really accessible and you were talking about going to the dollar, the dollar trough. How do we say it? Trough? <laughs> it really is a thing. I remember I went to the Dollar Tree to get a whole bunch of notebooks and then I put the stickers that I got from Sticker Mule on a big roll on the notebooks and so you could keep it really low cost and then but it's something really meaningful to the people that receive it because they receive it from you it's still branded by you and it's a lot less expensive if you were to have your logo embedded into the notebook itself and order notebooks that way so there's so many things that you could do yeah oh my gosh see look And that's funny. I'm not trying to be facetious or anything in this statement, but that's also technology, right? Using the tools that you have available to support you. I try to tell my daughter all the time, she was using a pencil sharpener. And I was like, you know, that's technology. She's looking at me like, whatever, mom, but it is like, you know, I mean, it is, it's always like, how do you invent to make your life easier? Essentially. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we had a long conversation before we started the official interview and something you and I were talking about and we always seem to talk about is being a heart driven leader and is their capacity for success for the heart driven bunch of us in the world. And so what is your philosophy on being a heart driven leader and there being, you know, a space for us to win in addition to maybe people that are more capitalistically incentivized? You know, 
something that you said in the previous conversation, I'm just going to reiterate that now. And that is there's room for all of us to win. And that is something, a mantra that I need to keep reminding myself of that I can still be authentically me. I can still hold on to my ethics. I can still do what I think is right and have that greater level of compassion and expect to have the results that I feel I deserve or beyond that, the results I want, right? What I truly, truly want out of giving myself in this way or sharing myself in this way, whatever product it is that I so choose to put out there. So my number one thing is to always do right by others. And Mm -hmm. it is not something that I want my daughter to know that I did, then I'm probably going to try to not do that because it is important that I am a representation of truth and honor at all times for my children. I say children because I have a bonus baby too. He's grown, but (laughs) I don't want them to ever hear a story of me that would cause them to feel shame. So that's in business as well. What if someone came and told a story about how I double crossed them or cheated them or did something? I wasn't transparent in my business dealings. That is not something that I want to travel or or a brand that I want to build. So it's very important to me, even if it takes me longer, or even if I miss the opportunity because I didn't sell myself in that, you know, I don't want to you know, be crass, but sometimes it's a very nasty way mm-hmm. that you have to put yourself out there or on top of someone else or being over comparative. And that's not necessary for me. So it's just being honest in what I do and do it well. And like you yeah. said, do what you love. Yeah. I'm not a religious person, but I believe in a connection with the universe, whatever that means. Half the time, I don't even know what it means to me, really. The consequence of feeling that way is I feel that my daily life is in service to the universe. I have a privilege to, I don't know how to say it. Like I was privileged to have certain talents or certain abilities. And if I don't share that, I am not serving the reason why I'm here, if that makes sense. Even though I'm not religious, like. It makes perfect sense. It's the idea. So it's hard for me to say that I'm religious because I don't behave within the constructs of religion, but I definitely identify as Christian, right? So there's one story, a parable in the Bible about burying your talents. And I interpret it as burying what you're called to do here on this earth. Like your talents are not yours. Mm-hmm, like, that. They're not yours. So you don't have the right to bury them. You almost you don't have the right to be victim to imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. That's not who you are. That's not who we're called to be. We're all royal, right? We're all gods and goddesses in a sense. And if you don't own that, you're selling yourself short. So you have mm-hmm. to walk, like you said, within your talent and be willing to share it. If you know you have it, you should share it. Who are you saving? By sharing that, which is often the truth. And we think it's so small sometimes and it doesn't matter, but it could have been a very pivotal moment in someone else's life that you shared that thing and it helped them. It kept them here with us. It Mm. kept them above ground. It it stopped depression in its, you know, tracks, all of those things. So I definitely agree. I was talking to one of our podcast listeners this week. I was sharing the story with you before we started rolling. 
And she was sharing how this podcast helped her stay in her job because when she would feel like imposter syndrome or be surrounded by people that weren't like her, she would put in her headphones and feel supported by the community of the Women in Tech podcast. And here I am, just a random person in a random room at the planet, not knowing I'm having this significant impact on a stranger. That's the thing. If I didn't share my ability to moderate or or to do this show, I'm essentially being selfish. Mm -hmm. I wholeheartedly agree. And anything that limits you from sharing is definitely not from positivity, but I definitely feel that every voice has a listener, right? Every person has an audience. If you are moved to share, that means that there is an audience out there for you. Even if you are saying the same thing that someone else is saying, I could probably hear it. It's kind of like your parent telling you, oh, don't do that. It could cause you this type of pain and this type of harm. And because it came from them, you have to test that boundary. But if you hear it from someone else, maybe closer to your age, or you just have a different relationship with them, it's easy for you to accept it immediately. And that's the same thing with creatives or a podcaster putting out content. You don't know who needs to hear it from you if you're moved to do this. Very funny you should say that, Angel. Sounds really similar to the conversation we were having before (laughs) we started rolling that you challenged me on. I'm so glad you finally came full circle. (laughs) Angel and I were talking about the different things that, you know, how she could grow her podcast and her business. I just connected the dots. You just did now? How she... (laughs) You didn't even get, yeah. And I was saying, Angel, people want your voice. They want you. You have a unique voice. And she's like, yeah, but a lot of that exists out there. So I'm glad on our on our oh interview God. here. Uh, you expose me as a hypocrite mid-word. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I think because you're so heart-driven, it was very easy for you to elevate others. But at least I share this, unfortunately, we, I think we share it together that sometimes it's hard for us to elevate ourselves. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if that's like a heart driven person thing, or if it's just a me and you thing, (laughs) but you know, like attracts like, (laughs) (laughs) I think I wanted to have Angel on the show because I find her willingness to elevate Everyone around her is so wonderful. Her ability to have attracted an audience early on with her podcast and that her podcast isn't your normal interview show, that it's it's like a highly produced audio drama. Can you talk a little bit about what goes into the production so people understand? Oh, a world of pain. But it's fun, <laughs> right? Like, you know, what's pleasure without pain? But um, definitely the collection of voices. So number one is writing the script. So retelling the story. And since it is our personal story, we had to a be very careful on how we prepared the content so that we did not cause harm to those that we loved, even if we needed to tell the story in a way where at that particular time, how we communicated with our family members or external parties in our relationship, it cause us pain, but we don't want to implicate them or someone to try to figure out, aha, I knew that they were this way. So putting the story together so that the emotions that we experienced were authentic, but maybe how we got there was different to protect those around us. So number one, starting there, then 
putting the voices together and finding who can do it and then trying to learn ourselves how to um, voice act <laughs> because we had absolutely no experience, but we didn't want anyone else to play ourselves. So we took it on like, you know, real troopers to do that. So the curation of voices, also finding independent music artists, because we found that as another opportunity as well to highlight up and coming folks who don't get a lot of exposure and chances for their music to be heard. And everyone would love to say that their music was on a show. You get to say it was on our show. So working to collaborate with them and support those guys. And we made some really beautiful friendships and connections. Then once all of that's done, putting it together, building the cadence, because everyone is sending their audio at different times. We were filming or not filming, but recording during COVID. So we didn't have the opportunity to bring everyone into the studio to have that type of chemistry and energy building when you're in the same room with someone like I can tell like when Gaza and I are doing scenes together it's a different energy than when we have to put it together mm. or if I record mine and he's outside working out and he comes it's and fills so it in true. it's so different so how do you keep that same energy and that same vibe through you know drop-in recordings so building that and building that ambiance going back and pleading to say like, hey, can you say this? But when you say this word, really punch it, right? Or overact it to the point where you feel stupid because what we don't realize is in our voices, in order for it to translate, is not the same as the visual support. When you watch a movie, you can tell that someone's sad because of how they have a frown or their eyes look longing and their body language helps complete the story. In audio, we don't have that privilege. So everything is an inflection and tone and pacing, as well as the music that we use to support the scene. So we have to think through all of that with the sound design. And so for every five minutes of audio is about three hours of editing to put it together. So that's editing. And then the sound design is probably another four hours as well on top crazy. of that. So it's a crazy long time to put it together. Like we work full-time jobs. And as soon as we put our daughter to bed at eight o'clock, we are in here probably to like 2 a.m. and then starting the cycle all over again when we're in season. It's a lot of work. But the finished products mean so much to us. And I think that, well, I think the listens say that they enjoy it too. And where can people easily find your show? Oh, definitely by going to www.themermaidandthelion.com. Or we're on Apple. If you start typing in The Mermaid, we're going to be like the second one to pop up. There's another show called The Mermaid Shows. These two ladies are actually pretty funny. But, but we're going to be like right under them if you are a Apple listener. And we pop up pretty easily on Spotify as well. But if you're looking for a one-stop shop, just go to the website. And a couple last questions. One, all this energy that you're investing into it, why is it worth it for you and your husband? Well... He's going to have a different answer than I, but for me, I'm going to give my, yeah. <laughs> my answer. And it, it kind of goes back to where I kind of first started. I wanted to tell our story in order to stop someone else and maybe help someone else avoid some of the marital pitfalls that we fell into. And I mean, we were like a horse to water in some of the tomfoolery and shenanigans <laughs> and foolishness that we encountered. We had some things that were out of our control, but we were definitely in control of how we handled it. And we didn't always handle it well. 
maybe listening to how dumb we were would encourage someone else to take a different path and how they communicate with their partner and how they treat their partners in times of stress. So that's my number one reason. And number two is I just really love it. I love it. (laughs) And I adore this art form. And I feel like more people should do it. If you like audiobooks, audio dramas are like audiobooks on steroids. You definitely would love this particular form. And there's so much content out there. If The Mermaid and the Lion is not for you and you're into sci-fi, there's that. Horror. There's just so many different styles out there that are exciting. And I just want more people to get exposure to it. And finally, I want to eat off of it too. I want to eventually make money and not have to do anything else. (laughs) And what do you think your husband would say? His why is? Oh, his number one would definitely be the eating part. (laughs) (laughs) The money. (laughs) Definitely the eating part. We both want to have more flexibility in our work-life balance. And so I know that he is definitely the more business-driven person for this. That would be his number one. His number two is going to be, he's very, he's a software architect or developer. I'm not sure which one. So ignore me if I'm wrong. (laughs) If he listens to this and I got it wrong, I'm so sorry, babe. But he loves the sound design piece of it and putting that together because it's like figuring out a puzzle. And Mm. I think that's why he likes coding so much. And this is just an extension of doing that, like putting it together and making it work, especially when it's difficult, when we have bad audio or when there's just like a song that doesn't fit and we have to re audio's missing and it's too late to fix and like all of those things. I think it feeds that need for him to build and create. And that's the reason why he likes it. I'm curious. There's a, a podcast called Couples Therapy uh, by Casey Neistat and his wife. And I really liked that show a lot. I have no idea why it's not still being produced, but it made me wonder. And to me, it sounds like this podcast brings you and your husband closer. Would you say it does or is it neutral or am I totally off? You are spot on. How did we survive quarantine? producing the mermaid and the lion the ability to create together like we've always been a team and we've always been able to come together based off of projects like we had a house fire and we lost everything and rebuilding that house was like a huge project for us and we were at our closest during that most difficult time trying to get back on our feet and this was a much happier, you know, experience of creating together. And this is actually something that doesn't come to an end because once the house was done, it was kind of like, oh, you know, what do we do now? You know, like, I guess we could just love on each other, but that opportunity to keep on creating, keep on producing something new and inventive. And that's what got us through quarantine. Being together every single day to produce this show was what we needed. It And also remembering why we fell in love Mm. and so it was a re-energizer for our relationship like you know what I did love those things about you look there he is right there (laughs) oh making a cameo (laughs) yeah like a little cameo everyone's yes come on in and so I was just talking about how the mermaid and the lion helped us keep our relationship together during quarantine and it was a re-energizer of our love do you agree Uh, definitely if you probably can't hear him, but he said he definitely agrees. 
All right. You have a wonderful time. And, and he's leaving me now. Bye. <laughs> oh, he's so sweet. <laughs> so um, I, so everyone out there, that was him. I like him. I think he's rather attractive too. So there's, there's a bonus. <laughs> One last question before we wrap up. And we've talked about, you know, inspiring, um, inspiring sayings, but just to ask it in a formal way, what, what is one quote or inspiration or, or advice someone's given you along the way that has really stayed with you to accelerate you forward? This is actually, some people don't understand why this resonates with me so much, but it is be good at the job that you're currently in so that you can be great at the job that you're going to next. And that meant so much to me because sometimes you get discouraged and you feel like, I don't want to do this, what you need to do right now. But if you don't do what you need to do right now, you can't step into what's next. And it helped me be at peace with where I was, not complacent, but at peace with the fact that I was on a journey. And if I was really good at this, I'm preparing myself to always operate at my highest state of excellence as I move to the next thing. I love it. (laughs) Angel, I am so excited to share with you what I came up with during our interview, but I have to hold my thought to say thank you so much for being on the women in tech podcast this has been a long time in the making it has because <laughs> every time we me. jump on we just talk for hours and hours i'm so honored i'm so honored and thank you to your audience as well thank you guys for even giving me the chance to listen all of you guys i know that you are wonderful women And if you found value in anything I said, I'm so happy. And I just hope that I was worth your time. I thank you for listening. Oh my gosh, of course you're worth everybody's time. You're amazing. (laughs) To connect and collaborate with more amazing women in tech, remember to go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. Say hello on social at Women in Tech Show on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Hey, this is Angel Forte of Mermaid Lion Entertainment. I am one of the co-founders along with my husband, Gaza. Our company highlights voices of color in creating entertainment podcasting. You might know them as scripted podcasts or audio dramas. We're right here in Atlanta, Georgia, and you're listening to Women in Tech. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.